guys, welcome to another episode of Cultivate and Keep with your bestest of friends, Corey and Jeremy. <laughs> We're excited for tonight. Um, before we jump into our topic, though, we have a quick, uh, few quick announcements. Yep. So thanks again for listening. Glad you're tuning in. Just wanted to mention really quickly uh, a shout out to our Patreon supporters. They're just they're holding tight. They're supporting us. We love you. So I just wanted to give a quick thank you as always because that's a good thing we want to cultivate and we want to keep you guys around. And, wow. um it's nice. I had, that just was off the wow. off the tongue, dude. That's just and right only there. on four hours of sleep too. That's so right. It's impressive. Yeah, it's been a little rough, dude. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I'm a little cranky, TBH, but... Don't worry. After this, we got spaghetti, bro. That's right. Okay. And carbs. Um, the only other announcement is just to look out for uh, more interviews and guests that we're going to have on the podcast. We're, we're looping in more smart people. Um, if there's anyone that you want to hear, if you want us to interview, please feel free to reach out, suggest someone. Uh, you can even make an email introduction if you'd like. Get us in contact with them. You can email us at cultivateandkeep.com, or you can reach us on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, those are probably the two easiest ways to do that. But we're excited to bring that to you. Um, but for now, we've got something good for you today. Uh, real fast, Tim Tebow, yeah. if you're listening. Tim. We want you, Tim. Timothy, <laughs> let's do it, man. Let's get it on. Uh, Ladanian sure. Thomason, too, LT. Yeah. Anyone know LT? <laughs> One day. One day. Um, so today we're going to do another book review, and we are going to talk about the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. So... Um, I've read a few books about habits and they tend to be um, kind of like what I've read at least has been like nothing new. Like I read it and it's kind of like, oh, like I've, and I've heard all these like life hacks or strategies and it, none of it. it that was your response corny. to me when I suggested it. Yeah, right? exactly. And so when Corey recommended this book to me a few months ago, I was like, <laughs> eh, like another habit book. Like, like, oh, God. But um, like a few of the podcasts that I follow and listen to, um, like I, I kept hearing this uh, book come up. So I was like, all right, well, I'll, I'll read it. And so. Um, actually just um, almost actually I'm done yet I'm on the very last chapter so practically done I think like 10 pages left but not yet complete but um anyway the book uh, I like it because the overall um, like premise of the book is how do you develop good habits and how can you make them stick and um, I like his um, his approach James Clear he really um, he gets a lot behind like the science and kind of just the practical ways that like our brain works and how um, why is it that bad habits so easily stick and why is it so hard for good habits to to remain? And so he kind of gets mm. behind that and into the thick of it. And it's really good. I found it really, really helpful. Um, it was interesting to read about the science and kind of, again, how like the brain just works. Um, but also he, he's just super practical, like every yeah. um, tip and trick and like law he gives you, like it's just so it's simple. And like I found myself reading like um, almost every chapter I was underlining and highlighting so much. And uh, today, when I went back to review it all to uh, put together my notes, I was like, dude, there's so much good stuff in this in this book. So I'm excited. I feel like fired yeah. up. And um, what I wanted to say was before we get into it, as we go through these um, these kind of these notes and these points, kind of be thinking, like, what are some habits you have that you feel like you need to like any bad ones you need to break or any good ones you want to develop? Um, as I was reading the book, I was thinking to myself, like, OK, like I know like the things that I want to be doing. I know like the what I desire, like the behavior that I want and like, how can I fix it now? And so this book hopefully is going to help that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's, uh, I would say my number one or maybe number two, uh, best reads of 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of my favorite books that I think that I've ever read. Yeah. So just like a little context behind like him, uh, he's like a super analytical, um, like deep thinker, very like logical and sort of scientific in his, in his approach. And that really comes out in the book and how, like you said, how practical it is, but also 
the way that it's organized, the way that it's structured, it's almost like a like a manual. You know what I mean? It's, it's like it's a process. Like, like you, yeah, like yeah. start to finish. Really, like you can you can follow it. And so that was really cool because um, when I started reading it, I had some habits in mind. Like I want to wake up early in the morning every day, and I want to work out you know three times a week, and I had some other ones as well. And so like having those in mind and then reading the book, it was astounding mm-hmm. how like useful it was and like, okay, like I feel like really confident that I can start doing these things. Mm-hmm. And I really have in a lot of ways, um, especially in other habits like doing devotions and, uh, and eating better. Like he just makes it way easier and there's so much like practical advice in there. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like super, super, super practical. Anyways, we'll start, we'll stop talking about it and start talking um, practically what, what was in the book. Yeah. So, um, the, the main book, like kind of the meat of the book are, is about the, like the four laws, um, of behaviors, what he calls them. And, um, so most of this podcast will be going through that, but before, um, he hits on those, he kind of starts out introing a book, just talking about, um, really like the science of how habits work. And honestly, like the intro is one of my favorite parts. It was super yeah. interesting. And like Corey said, the guy is very just practical in his approach. And so he just breaks everything down. Like it, it couldn't be more clear, like for James clear. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's very simple the way he uh, talks yes, about it. Like. I'm just making sure that that one was so smooth. Honestly, it just came out. <laughs> it was uh, smooth until you said, got it. <laughs> I said it. I was like, Whoa, that was nice. Anyway, um, so uh, he has um, how how uh, the science of how habits work. So there are kind of four parts of this, and it is a cue, craving, response, and reward. And he kind of just breaks them down, talks about um, how this intertwines with our brain and how does it kind of play out. He talks about uh, the first step being the cue. He says these are what trigger our brains to initiate certain behaviors, and so um, like. It talks about like basically if we desire like an end result, if we desire something, whether it's praise or power or status or love or approval, uh, a cue it, it, uh, triggers that behavior and it initiates it. Um, our, and it also talks about how our mind is, um, as we like, go throughout our daily lives, our mind is constantly looking for these cues. Mm. And I found that super interesting, like thinking about like friendships or thinking about like just being around like a group of people that you're close with. Like our mind is constantly looking for cues that are going to feed those desires that we have of wanting to be praised and love and all that. And uh, I thought it was like super interesting to see it on like a practical, like friendly level, you know? Yeah. Well, one of the really interesting parts about cues is that especially for like bad habits, the the cue is usually something that you don't notice at all. Like it's, it's sort of like an invisible mm-hmm. cue. And so you have to train yourself to look for like, for example, if a bad habit is like snacking, for example, mm-hmm. the cue might be, uh, you're like, dude, I don't know why. Like I was just walking somewhere in my house and like, I got up to get a drink of water. And then like, I was, I saw like the, you know, the candy bar or like the, the snack cabinet, whatever it is, the pantry. And then like something came over me and I just wanted to go get it. And the cue might not have even been like seeing the pantry. It might not have even like been like that you're hungry. The cue was maybe something else like boredom. Or maybe it was like getting out of the chair when your task wasn't complete and you felt like you needed to, mm-hmm. to, to do something. And so you go to the pantry to go snack. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought it was super interesting. Like he talks about all these invisible cues uh, and having to retrain your mind of like, well, if you want to get rid of a habit, get rid of the cue first because that's really where the habit starts. Yeah, that's a good point. And we always start in like the, like, for example, like the the response. Mm-hmm. Like um, when I when I 
when I have the cue and I start doing the habit, like I'm just going to tell myself no and I'm going to back out of it. Or people try to get rid of the craving. You know, like if if the bad habit is, or maybe the habit they're trying to change is they want to develop um, a healthier body and lose weight. Well, people try to eliminate the craving of candy and sugar and bread and all sorts of, you know, fast food, for example. Mm -hmm. But maybe like the cravings, again, you're already kind of in the process of the habit and you're too far in already. You have to go all the way back to the beginning of the cue where it really starts. We, I think it's right. He even says like, we don't notice the cue. I think he calls it like the invisible hand at work. Like you don't even know Mm -hmm. that it's really happening. Um, what what we notice is the final point is it, the reward. Like that's what we we notice. So the reward, whether it's um, you know, it's to satisfy that craving we have. So whether it's like uh, power or praise or food or something that we that we uh, desire, like that is what we first notice. We don't even see the cue take place. Yeah. Um, the second thing, that's the other point. Whatever. I do actually. Well, <laughs> thinking about this in the context of, I, I think it's a little bit easier, more applicable, maybe in talking like the negative sort of cues. But I think of something like sin. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like. What are, like, if there's a sin that you're stuck in or if there's a sin that you struggle with or that you're trying to eliminate or just something that you're more susceptible to, like, don't think of it as, it goes back to the whole, like, um, I don't know, like, stop thinking about it, stop thinking about it, and, like, and then you just think about it. You know what I mean? Like, you're already in, you're trying to get rid of the craving or you're trying to change your response when you have to go back to the cue of the sin, which might be, um, I don't know, opening your internet browser on your phone. That could be the cue that triggers the craving for something like pornography or something like lust or something, or maybe it's even uh, taking your phone out of your pocket triggers the cue of, um, or is the cue to trigger the craving for social media, and you're that then that triggers um, or results in something like uh, gluttony or lust or even like um, you know coveting like wanting someone being jealous like feeling angry or resentful towards someone. Yeah. Um, and so thinking about like how like sanctifying ourselves, learning, retraining our, our brains, like allowing the Lord to literally transform the way that you think in your mind and your spirit. A lot of it does come back like scientifically the way that God made us how is that mind, it's, yeah, that yeah I mean, it goes back to a cue. And so you can do yourself a lot of favors in, um, in eliminating sin and improving the, your response to sin uh, and overcoming sin, allowing God, you know, using God's power to overcome sin in your life and just recognizing those cues. Like what are the things, um, like, I mean, a really practical one too is, uh, with like lust or even masturbation. Um, I was talking with a, a couple guys. I won't mention who they are or how I know them, but, um, sort of like the way that we basically in our conversation about like why he was so addicted or kind of stuck in this way of masturbating to pornography was that the cue was that he was, um, it wasn't really that he was like lusting or that he just wanted to do it. It was that he was angry. It's like, oh, well, that's interesting. Like, well, now that we know that, now we can sort of put some things in place to uh, to elicit a different response to that anger rather than making it a cue to a sin of masturbating and, and looking at pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, just the uh, whole idea of cues and sin well, is like I so like how you, how you said like identify what's what's the cue what is causing this like at the root and then we put things in place to fix it uh, in this book kind of what i found was there are a lot of 
um, like fixes to our problems that I think what it comes down to is we just don't want to do them. Yeah. And I think in the book, like he kind of points it out, like basically, I think one of the examples was like, let's say you have uh, the habit of like watching too much TV and you want to form the habit of not watching so much TV. Yeah. And he talks about like, what you can do is make that habit harder, like make it harder to, mm, um, yeah. to watch TV. And so he said, what you do is every time you're in your room or in the living room and you're done watching, he said, rather than just using the remote and turning it off, he says, unplug the TV, unplug the cable box and go put it in the closet. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, that's crazy. I know. And his whole thought behind it is like that way next time you want to go watch TV is not so easy as just sitting down and click it on the remote. You have to go get the TV, set it up, plug it in. Like it's way harder to do. And like with your example of like porn, like, you know, there are things you could put in place, right? If you know, if he knows the issue is anger, there are things he could do um, to prevent that. But it's, it kind of comes down to like, are we willing to go, you know, that, that far of a measure to um, overcome a habit, you know? Yeah, totally. And one of, so like the cue for me in being able to be much more consistent than I've ever been in doing my devotions is just putting my Bible on the living room uh, table. Why? Because, well, before I never had like a place for it. It was always in a different place. And so I would wake up super tired and groggy. I go make, you know, a smoothie to eat for breakfast. And then like the last thing that I want to do is like go track down and find my Bible. Mm-hmm. And so by having it in the same place, visible so like when i when i walk out of my bedroom to go to the kitchen i see the bible on the on the table it's usually like the biggest book on there and then i remember it and i see it and that's the cue for me of okay i need i need to to do my devotions um and then like you said making it easier so like i'm i'm pairing this is another kind of uh technique that he calls for like for building a habit is habit stacking yeah habit stacking or habit pairing yeah um is like my thing is when I do devotions, it's right after it's at the same place, like sitting down on the couch with my, uh, in the living room. And it's at the same time, right after I have, a, I make a smoothie in the morning. Um, and I do it the same way. I, mm-hmm. I have, uh, all these things together. So I drink my smoothie, I do my devotions. And, um, basically I'm kind of piggybacking off of this habit of making breakfast in the morning with, doing my devotions and it's made it which like a leads thousand to times the easier. Next, yeah. So habit stacking, he talks about like, uh, basically forming habits that can form like a chain of, of like a series of events. And so, yeah, kind of what you're saying, like, uh, make them make sure they all form together and it starts with making breakfast, but then it leads to reading your Bible. I've been doing the same thing. And my new habit in the morning is, um, I used to program my coffee to like just be ready with so I wake up, shower, and and by the time I'm out, mm. uh, my coffee's like ready to go. Oh, yeah. And now what I'm doing is I'll I'll wake up, I'll shower, and then I'll go like manually like uh, right then in the morning make my coffee. So I'll put the coffee grounds in, fill the water, and then I'll start it. And then what I do is from the night before I'll put away the dishes that that dried, and then I'll wash any more dishes in the sink. And so uh, during the time of my coffee being brewed, I'm being oh. I'm like waking myself up and I'm doing like a, a chore, getting it done. And when I finish in those five, 10 minutes, my coffee's ready and I sit down and I read my Bible and it's like a, mm. like a series of events that I'm trying to habit stack and I don't want to do dishes. Right. Yeah. But I want to drink my coffee. Yeah. Um, I also want to read my Bible. And so in order to read my Bible and, and do coffee, I do the dishes first. It's kind of this um, like stacking of habits. And so that's kind of how that plays in, but we'll get to that later because yeah. we're kind of ahead of ourselves. We're, a little um, bit. <laughs> we're getting excited. So <laughs> first one was Q after 15 minutes on that one. Yeah. Uh, second one, we'll go a little faster, uh, is, is the craving. And so the craving is um, the motivational force behind every habit. And so uh, you think about um, like if you're craving a cigarette, you think that what you, what you want is a cigarette, but actually, you know, you want 
Um, you want the nicotine. You want it to make you feel better. You think of like brushing your teeth. Um, what you really want is you want what that feeling that brushing your teeth uh, provides. You feel clean. You feel, you know, I'm sure healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, with craving is, uh, it's not kind of what he explains is it's the reward. It's the end result is what we want. It's not the actual craving itself. And so I think when we think of like, okay, I'm craving like, you know, um, like a, like a sandwich, or whatever. I think we think that the sandwich is the craving, but it's not so much as actually being, um, as being filled up with food as being, being uh, full. yeah, being full. That's Satisfied. what you're actually craving. And so that th- I think this one's pretty self-explanatory. Don't need to spend too much time on that one. Yeah. Unless you wanted to add any thoughts to it. Well, one of the interesting parts about craving too, is that, um, it's like a compounding, um, effect, right? So this is what makes, uh, bad habits harder to break you know it's what makes good habits mm-hmm. easier to do and so like once you sort of uh have a good system in place to elicit the cue then the craving becomes stronger and stronger over time and so a good habit becomes easier because now after i make my smoothie i have a craving like literally it's sort of like okay now i need to go do my devotions and i look forward to it because i enjoy it and and this is getting a little bit ahead of it but like the reward for me is feeling like i have a successful morning Mm -hmm. and i feel good going into work i feel like i've done the important things in the morning and like it's just a feeling of like confidence and of uh like satisfaction with the work that i've done but craving like the craving of actually like going uh after my smoothie and doing my devotions that was kind of the power that's like keeping this thing going forward you know yeah what what yeah exactly yeah um, so the first one was cue, second was craving, the third is the response. Um, and really all the response is, is how we uh, respond and react to a craving. Um, it's the actual habit that we form. Um, and I, I think one thing about the response to understand is um, like what it really comes down to is we want, like we've been saying for every point, is you want that end reward. So like you just said, like really what you want in the morning is, is not so much working out. It's not so much, you know, reading or drinking a smoothie, but it's having a productive, um, fulfilling morning. That's kind of what you want. That's the end goal you're, you're aiming for. And by training your, your mind and, your, and your, really your body to um, to have the response of waking up early and to, um, you know, doing all these habits uh, in a sequential order, um, you're allowing yourself to get that reward or that end goal that you want. Um, I, th- I I love how all these intertwine. I think it's super interesting and it's, yeah. it's super simple, but it really just makes sense. Like, again, you, you're not wanting to be up early. You're just wanting that, f- that feeling of being fulfilled. Yeah. And the response too is, um, so th- I don't know, it's, like this is like you said, this is the actual like doing of mm-hmm. the habit. Uh, well, no, it's it's the habit that you form. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like yeah, it's it's uh, going like well, yeah, it's it's doing. Yeah, doing. Okay. Yeah, doing the habit because then the re- the reward is kind of what happens after mm-hmm. you do the habit. Um, one of the interesting one of the interesting things uh, about this one, and we'll go into kind of like how how to like force yourself to actually do the habit. Um, but he talks about this idea of, uh, like breaking everything down into these tiny little steps. Mm -hmm. And so we think that the response, like doing the habit is I need to sit down and I need to read my Bible for 15 minutes and then pray and meditate on this and like sit down and really connect with God. Well, yes, but really like the response, the thing that really gets you going, that really like is doing the habit is just opening the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like it, and then once you have the Bible open, you start reading 
and it sort of naturally goes on. But like there's this split session, this split second decision where you're either going to sit down and you're not going to open it, or there's the, the second where you decide I'm going to open it. And then it's that actually opening it, that, that response, that doing, that action that sort of makes you go through with the habit itself. Um, so he talks about like one of the examples he always gives is uh, every day after uh, his wife comes home from work, usually it's around like five, five fifteen. There's a moment where they like, read each other and then they either go into the bedroom and they get changed and they walk out and they go to the gym or they sit down and they turn on the TV and, um, and then they like kind of veg out for the rest of the night and they don't go to the gym. And so he thinks like the habit that they want to cultivate, like you would think their response was going to the gym mm-hmm. and working out of, you know, pumping weights, but really the response, like actually doing the habit was just going and putting on his clothes. clothes. Yeah. Right? And because then once you have the gym clothes on, you're going to the gym yeah. and it's going to happen. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if this was, um, under the same category, but he talks about, uh, what was it? Uh, a working out and he says so if you if you're trying to form the habit of working out he said take it in small steps so he yeah. said just commit for just commit to just showing up to the gym and he yeah. said give yourself two minutes and he basically talks about like um how there are case studies of these people that actually started guy. going to the gym yeah this one guy literally would go i think he went for a couple of weeks of just going two minutes and then yeah. he moved it to five minutes and then it was at some point i kind of said you know what if i'm going for five minutes i might as well just stay and do a full workout and so it was just funny to me like that that's how extreme you could take it is like just just show up to the gym you know doing workout just go there right, right? and then turn around so it's kind of funny like how you, you can really start so small and then build it yeah th- i think that's the, an extreme case but right <laughs> this guy i think it was the same guy and this kind of goes to show like how seriously he took it uh-huh. but i'm pretty sure he lost over 100 pounds over like a mm-hmm. year and he followed that like that's how he started for yeah. the first like two weeks i want to say he would literally show up he would drive to the gym mm-hmm. like 15 minutes to the gym he would walk through the door take a look around and then leave and yep. go back home and get it like go get back dressed in his regular clothes and then after that he would go in and he would do like one workout for like two minutes Mm -hmm. and then he'd come back for another two weeks he'd come in for five minutes and do like one set Mm -hmm. and then after that he was in such a habit of going to the gym working out he lost 100 pounds yeah crazy yeah that's funny uh the last one was so hold on it was a cue craving response and the last one was reward uh and really just kind of is just like the backbone of every habit um, and this is like we already said is the like end craving that we are trying to satisfy. It's that reward that we want. And kind of back to the example for you in the morning, like waking up like again, like what you what the reward that reward you really want is to feel fulfilled and to have a productive morning. So that way, when you start work, you can feel like ahead of the eight ball, ahead of the game and being ready to start. Um, and that's kind of what the, it all comes down to. This is kind of like this. These four steps are really the premise of the whole book. And then the rest is kind of bro- broken down into more detail. Yeah. I like uh, reward to you. I don't know. This one seems maybe more like straightforward and like oversimplified, but he gives a really great example. Of, for example, if you want to set a goal and make a habit of saving for like a house, for example, um, talks about how like the reward is like the house at the end of it. Mm-hmm. But like you can't just, I mean, it might take you five or 10 years to save enough money to buy that house. And so like delaying that reward or just like, you know, doing the same thing over and over again for that one reward gets tiring and it mm-hmm. gets, it's almost impossible to do over such a long period of time without having any other sort of rewards. So he talks about also breaking it down into like mini rewards. So mm-hmm. after you save so much amount, 
like, you know, celebrate, like go yeah. on a vacation, go spend some of it, uh, at least like treat yourself to something. But even he talks about how, um, this one couple, they saved like a ridiculous amount of money because every time they talked about if they were going to, uh, stay in and like make something to eat, or if they were going to go out and like buy something to eat, which usually buying is, uh, much more expensive is if they decided to stay in and make something to eat, they would take the money that they would have spent going out and then they would transfer it into a separate bank account where they were saving for the house. And then seeing it go over there and seeing that number rise was like just enough reward in their brain for it to be uh, fulfilling enough and encouraging enough to keep the habit of saving. Mm -hmm. And so just that tiny little thing of like, I'm going to take $25 that we would have spent tonight. I'm going to transfer it into this other bank account. Awesome. The number is going up. We feel good again in order to continue this the next time. Um, cause otherwise it just gets so hard to, um, to do it every day that you just stop the habit. Yeah. I mean, a whole section of his book is about like making it satisfying like making like the habit you want to form, like make it easy, make it fulfilling. And he talks a lot about like visual, like a visual way to kind of see it take place. Uh, he has another story of this guy that, um, this like salesperson, he, I think he was 23 when he mm. started and he, he wanted to be like the best, I think it was real estate what he was selling yeah. and he wanted to be like one of the best at that firm. And so, uh, he got two like Mason jars and one was empty and one was full of 150 paper clips. And he set a goal to every day to make 150 sales calls. And so what he would do is every call he would, he would make when he was finished, he would take one paper clip and move it to the empty jar. And by the end of the day, he had transferred all yeah. um, from one jar to the other. And he did that for a year straight. And after a year, he was making, I think they said over 120000 um at that firm. And then I think after like two years, he something like, I think went on to start his own business or something crazy. But yeah. um, it was just funny how like use, like find a way to track what you're doing, find a way to like measure the success. Uh, he talks about like the brain, he says, well, um, just immediately um, prioritize like um, immediate rewards over delayed rewards. And I thought that was mm, interesting. Yeah. And kind of back to your point, like the longer um, like, or the more delayed a reward is, then the harder it is to continue doing it. After a while, like the brain just gets tired, your body gets tired of doing it. And so um, he talks about, you know, either A, like having short um, success, like victories or um, like measuring the progress. I think that's cool. Yeah. Usually uh, what gives us a reward in the short term immediately is actually bad for us in the long term, mm -hmm. like eating a candy bar, um, I don't know, sleeping in, um, like doing a sin. You know what I mean, <laughs> like anything sort of that, uh, like rewards, like our natural kind of cravings, usually is very destructive over the long term. Mm -hmm. Whereas something that's painful and or unpleasant or hard in the short term immediately has like amazing benefits and. Uh, rewards in the long term. So you have to, again, train yourself to give yourself those little rewards immediately in the short term so that you can keep going on to get the long term benefits of yeah. that thing. Yep. Okay, so let's get into the meat of the book. Um, so what we just um, ran through, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the cue, craving, response, and reward, he calls that the habit loop. The habit loop, And he says that is a process that basically just always repeats itself. And with every habit, whether good or bad, like on a daily basis, this habit loop just continually goes on and on and on. And now this all plays into uh, the four laws of behavior. 
And um, so we'll start with the first one. The first one was um, basically how to form a good habit. He says, first of all, he says, make it obvious. It talks about, like, first with um, a habit, we have to recognize um, what habits need to change. And we all, he talks about our, like, our daily life is filled with just good and bad habits that we aren't really even, like, aware of. If you have a morning habit of waking up and on your phone on Instagram or Facebook for 20 minutes Mm -hmm. and then, rolling out of bed and getting in the shower and then you know you know what i'm saying like yeah. we don't even recognize that being a habit that's just kind of how we, how we wake up and he talks about first of all the first step is identifying like be aware like, what are the good habits what are the bad habits um and then he talks about once you recognize the habits he says create there is one way to do it he says uh, create like a visual scoreboard create a way to measure and recognize like a need for change and um and yeah yeah, so that could be like the paper clip from the jar. Mm-hmm. It could be an X on the calendar. It could be the streaks app. Yeah, the streaks app. <laughs> I was just gonna say. I was, yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, basically, I mean, the, the other part of this is making it obvious is like creating a um, a productive environment to cultivate this um, this habit that you want to form. I mean, it's gonna be impossible to uh, to eat healthy if you go to McDonald's, like you're in the wrong environment, like you're not setting yourself up for success if you're going to McDonald's to eat your healthy meal or to, to find something healthy to eat. Um, so make something like sort of my environment, going back to my uh, devotions example, the environment that I set up was a simple, steady place, the same place every day in my living room, on my couch, with my Bible on the table. Like that was the environment. That was the place where it was obvious. It was easily seen. And therefore it was much easier for me to, to do it. Yeah, I mean, so if he gives a few examples, like if you like, let's say you want to form a good habit of um, like learning to play the guitar. He says rather than like keeping your guitar like in your room in a closet in its case mm. like under your bed, he says keep it in the living room, keep it on a stand, so that way you see it. And he said small things, just like seeing the guitar every day, um, will make it easier to to start that habit. Uh, a bad habit of um, I don't know, like let's say like in the morning you're distracted with your phone a lot and you have a hard time working. He says um, like if you work for yourself, if you work from home, he said leave your phone in in the bedroom and then go work in your office for the first half of the day. And then when you have your lunch break, like go check your phone. Or he says if you work at an office or you know at a retail store, he says give your phone to a, a coworker and say hey hold this until lunchtime. Yeah, and it talks about like small steps like that. You know you can practically overcome a bad habit or develop a good one. And again, kind of back to that first point of. Um, really every step, like he, there is a solution and they're all, yeah, but there's things you don't want to do. Uh, to this morning, actually me and Connie went on a walk and like we, uh, uh, just happened to like leave our phones at home. It wasn't on purpose. And we walked about an hour actually. And it was, it was kind of nice to have that go, mm. like, the, starting the morning off and just like leaving the phone behind and then going on a walk. And I think I came home, like made breakfast and then read. And, um, it was like nine o'clock when I finally checked my phone and it was, oh, was kind of nice. Like having a full oh, morning, yeah. like without even seeing it. And I think if I had my phone in my pocket, like, you know, to pull my phone out 10 times, but right. it was nice just having it, you know, away in a separate place. Yeah. Uh, I think <clears> the phone <throat> is a huge part of that. Like I've, mm-hmm. I have a bad habit of, I'm usually not like a, a morning, uh, a, a morning phone person. I'm more of like a night phone person. <laughs> so like mm-hmm. last night, the reason why I didn't get any sleep is because I was on my phone on some sort of business idea tangent. And so I was up until two thirty, and I've been really good about like right before bed when I'm walking to the bedroom, I go and I put my phone in the office where it charges and I, I lock it away in that room, close the door. Well, last night the phone was by my bed. Didn't make it any easier for myself. It was obviously there for yeah. me to sort of stumble on, and um, I didn't make it mm-hmm. any easier on myself. Well, you deserve that. I did deserve that, <laughs> and tonight it will be locked away. 
Um, so I, I'm kind of realizing, I think we actually hit on like a lot of the main points in our intro, but, yeah. um, under make it obvious, he has the, um, that idea of habit stacking, which we already explained. But again, that is tying, basically you, you figure out like, the desired behavior that you want and then you tie it to stuff that you already do. Right. So if you, if, um, you know, author of the book, right, he wants to go work out after he comes home from work. So he's already going to come home. He's going to change no matter what. So rather than changing into sweatpants, you change into workout clothes. Right. Mm. So stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the second one is make it attractive. Um, and this one was interesting. Again, he always, yeah. he always finds a ways to like, um, he just breaks it down so practically. But he talks about um, like uh, like a lot of like uh, food companies or um, businesses that sell sell products, how they'll invest millions of dollars into basically figuring out what do they need to, need to do to make their products stand apart? What do they need to do to make it more Hashtag attractive? Marketing. Hashtag marketing. <laughs> uh, but he, he says like they'll spend millions on like figuring out like how to get the perfect a crunch in a potato chip or how to have the right amount of fizz in the soda. Like all these things we can do to make it more attractive. Um, yeah. Talks about the more, you know, the more attractive an opportunity is, then the more likely that we will form it as a habit. Um, and I found that interesting. Like, I never really thought of that. Like I'm sure these, these companies spend millions and millions yeah. on things like a crunch. And I've never eaten a potato chip and thought, wow, that was the perfect crunch. Like I think I have. Yeah, I'm sure you have. <laughs> but um, like that's really what it comes down to making it more attractive. Yeah. Know? Monique has, um, has been wanting to drink more water. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we've started doing or that she started, doing, I can't take credit for any of this actually, is that she's been buying more limes and lemons and then she'll add that to her water. Cause she doesn't like the taste of like just regular bland water, which mm-hmm. I can get. Um, and then we've also been buying like mineral, like sparkling water where it's just like kind of carbonated. Bougie, and man. Yeah. Well, whatever it takes, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if, if she's drinking water, then yeah. like power to you. And so she's been drinking a ton of water um, just because it's now it tastes good. Hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Um, one of the ones was, uh, he says, join a community or a culture that um, that values the, hmm. the, the behavior that you desire. And um, I thought that was cool. I, I really kind of having friends that value what you value. And I think that whether it's like working out or reading more, like what, what other habit you want to start, like get yourself in a group of friends or people that, um, value that you know and like, you think of like people that run like 5ks or do triathlons or whatever right they join these like groups in these classes that meet you know every tuesday night whatever and they have their class and it's, it's because you have an environment like that you're motivated to um do that desire that that behavior that you want to that you want to do yeah i think this is sort of like the, the science behind um the old saying like you're the average of the closest five people around you or like mm-hmm. your closest five friends um because basically you're you're putting yourself, this is almost like uh, environment creation too, but you're making it attractive. Like if your friends are all like going out and making tons of money, it makes it much more attractive to be motivated and to be productive enough to go out and um, get a new job or ask for a raise or do better at work and to make more money. Um, At the same time, like going to church, if you have friends at church, having friends at church makes it much easier to get up early, make it to Sunday, spend the time to sit through a message and worship. It just you're you're putting yourself in the right position um but usually it has a lot to do with um like people make things a lot more attractive well who's going are they there um what's it gonna be like can i trust someone to go with me Mm -hmm. um those sort of things make it a lot easier he also talks about uh, making it attractive to quit bad habits which i thought was cool um and he has this quote that i wrote down he says um your current habits are not necessarily the best way to solve problems that you face they're actually just the methods that you learned. And I thought that was super interesting because I think that um, 
like basically you know when we're faced with a situation that's stressful or that um that's difficult like we we develop these behaviors that we've just always kind of done and we we think that's kind of the best way to overcome it you know i think of like waking up in the morning right i think a lot of people it's easy to wake up and then scroll on your phone like that doing that you know wakes your eyes up you kind of feel more like into your day and you're ready to start mm. and so we think that's like a good method to wake up in the morning but the reality is that's not that that may not be the best way that's probably just what you learn to do yeah and um he talks about like if, so if you, if you identify a habit you want to break he also talks about spending more time of being um like less time talking about it and more time like taking action and he also says, like, you can be in motion, you can be, you can be doing stuff and thinking you're um, taking steps to develop a good habit or stop a bad one, but you're really just in motion. You're just kind of making noise, right? Mm. And he says, uh, take action, don't take motion. Yeah, I love that. And then the last one is make it satisfying. Um, oh, so make it easy is next. I think we just That was make it attractive. One. Oh, you're right. Yeah. They're kind of similar, but. Yeah, Exactly. Oh, that, yeah, this was going back to sort of environment design. Um, I think he talked about resetting the room a little bit. Um, but, like, he talks about this idea of before you leave any room, put things back um, exactly where you found them. So, like, mm-hmm. the, the only way to um, avoid a mess is if you make a mess, like, don't leave the room without cleaning up the mess. Yeah, like, reset the room, which right. is, like, a funny way. But also, I think, I mean, you can reset the room figuratively in any sort of situation. Um like don't go get your phone. Like if, I mean, for example, if I'm taking a, a break, let's say that you normally keep my phone outside of, um, outside of the office. Or if I gave it to someone, like don't take the phone back with you into the office mm-hmm. when you go and check it, leave it back outside and then go back into yeah. work. Um, so always sort of reset that. Well, what's cool about resetting the room is, uh, then when you go back into it later, uh, everything is in its right place and it's kind of like you walk into a fresh setting. Yeah. And uh, mm. in this example, he talked about the guy that uh, formed that habit of resetting the room. He says basically he never plays, you know, you know what it's like when you let your room, you know, get messy for a couple of weeks or laundry, you, you spend half a day catching up. Right. And he says because of this habit of resetting the room, he never plays catch up every day. It's mm. kind of a fresh start or every time he kind of goes into a new room or new uh, situation, it's all fresh. Which yeah. I thought was super cool. Um, another point under make it easy, he talks about um, like a lot of times when we want to form a, a new habit, like we do it with like a lot of friction, like a lot of um, things that that oppose that new habit. And he says like, why? Like, there's no need to try to right. form a hard habit. He says, make it easy, figure out um, what's going to oppose it and then get rid of it or do it a different way or find, basically identify the friction and then do away with that, with that friction. Hmm. I think uh, one of the biggest parts of this too is uh, like putting in the work and sort of setting up your environment before you have to make to make the decision hmm. to do the thing you know what i mean so like you said it it's so easy for me to go and do my devotions every morning when everything is set up the right way because i don't have to do any work to go do that thing and now it's already set yep. up for me whereas like i said if i had to go find my bible pick a place decide on what i'm gonna read and how long i'm gonna spend doing this like that's so much work just to get to that spot mm-hmm. that now it's I mean, now it's so discouraging that I'm not going to do it anymore. Whereas if every day after I finish my devotions, I leave my Bible in the same place and I leave the table clean so there's nothing on top of it so I can see it, the next morning I just keep doing the same thing over and over again because I've um, reset the room and make, made it easy on myself. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to just making it easy. And I, and I think these details that we're talking through of like making sure the Bible is like, you know, 
clean and, and the front is not clutter around. Like it seems basic and it seems like why are we even talking about this? But again, he's he's talking about the science of how this all works and really just um, the kind of again back to the beginning of cue, craving, response, and reward. Like what our brain is constantly scanning the environment for. It's small small things like this that really add up and play a part. Hmm. Um, another point under making it easy was uh, the two minute rule. This one dude was honestly almost like convicting for me because I like. Yeah. It's it's super easy for me to want to write everything down. Like a new task comes up or a new um, thing to put in my calendar or whatever it is, I just write it all down. And this guy talks a lot about uh, if it's gonna take you less than two minutes, just do it right away. And I I was like, shoot, like mm. I'm guilty of that because like I have an idea, I'll just write it down. I won't even spend time to consider doing it at that at that moment. Yeah. And so I think it's important. Like if it's a small task, just knock it out, just get it done. Like why would you postpone? Why would you put it off? Um, well, you've already taken like the mental capacity to think about it and to write it down, it down to remember. You yeah. might as well just like go through it mm-hmm. because the switching costs are too high. Like mm-hmm. to come back to it later, now you're gonna have to remember why you're gonna do it, read what you're gonna do, try to get back in the context of how you remembered it, what you're supposed to do. Um, whereas you've already kind of, if something's distracted you or if something comes up that's gonna take a short amount of time, you might as well just like go like take the extra, you know one minute basically uh to just complete it instead of putting it off till later yeah um the last point was make it satisfying and i I think we talked about a lot of these already but he talks about like um the habit tracker right so the idea of the two jars with um the paper clip so find a way to visualize your progress um he talks a lot about your brain's going to automatically prioritize immediate rewards over delayed ones um one one thing he talks about is um, never miss a habit two days in a row. And I thought this was good because as yeah. I was reading this book, I was like, dude, like this is all good, and I hope that I will implement this stuff. But um, this like the problem is with all this stuff, it's it's forever. There is no like end date. It's not like you right. do it for a while, then you're done. Like this is a habit, so it's like daily. It's continuing. And I was thinking, like, dude, like that's hard. I know. And in the book, he he uh, acknowledges that and kind of says, like, look, he's like, I'm not perfect. Like I make mistakes. Like life happens. You know, you get sick, you travel, uh, family stuff comes up. And he says his rule of thumb is never miss a habit two days in a row. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a good thing just to kind of keep in your mind and really to implement with any with any habit. I also think like um, bad habits, right? Think of like um, once you finally stop a bad habit, like don't you're, you're probably gonna have, at times you're gonna mess up, right? But don't ever do it two days in a row. And mm-hmm. he says uh, after yeah. that two day mark, that's kind of when a habit like begins to kind of take a little bit of root and kind of start growing a little bit. So never miss two days in a row. Yeah, I think that one's huge because. Uh, this is probably like maybe the most important like rule of the book because most people don't treat like the the thing they're trying to achieve as a habit they treat it as an end goal so when they mess up like you know like i'm i want to have the goal of learning of losing you know 10 pounds this month and so i'm not gonna eat any bread or sugar or any like carbs or i don't know whatever it is and so one day you mess up and you think oh crap well i broke that rule like I failed. And so like, I'm just gonna like, I I'm done basically. You know what I mean? Whereas you could say, well, that was just kind of like a blip. That was just like a slight sort of skew, but I can just get easily back on track the next day. And it's really not going to have that much effect over the long term of, you know, 30 days. Like one meal isn't going to screw up your entire goal of, of losing 10 pounds. But we treat it that way because, um, we think of it as a goal instead of a habit. And really we should continue to cultivate the habit instead of just being super hard and fast about the yeah, goal. Yeah, well, I think we, uh, we we get focused on, like, the details. You know, he talks yeah. a lot about this, like, uh, you know, if you want to have a goal of, like, having 10,000 steps a day or um, 
whatever it is, you said you said you can become so focused on like that alone, then you neglect being healthy, right? Mm. Um, he talks about like schooling, right? We we want to uh, increase you know our knowledge, we want to get smarter, and so we you know we have standardized testing and we emphasize, uh, but we forget to emphasize like learning and curiosity and critical thinking, and it's kind of this this idea of like you you could focus on the details and miss kind of what you're going after. And at the end of the day, like that's not going to be satisfying. It's not going to help you achieve that reward that you want. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that was kind of in a nutshell, like the book. I mean, I think it was really good. I would really recommend it. There's honestly oh, yeah. so much in there. It's really hard to pull it all apart. I need to reread it. Honestly. Yeah. One thing I was going to say was like, I would highly recommend once you finish the book, um, I kind of like do like a quick, like skim over it. You know, this today when I did that, like to mm. um, prep these notes, it was like super good. Like kind of refresh a lot of, what I've uh, read recently in the last few weeks and it was just good to kind of recap it. So yeah, it's kind of it. <clears throat> if I could, could I just read like a couple like highlights yeah, quotes please. that I think were really good. Yeah. Um, so I'll just like kind of riff off a couple ones, but uh, one of the main ones that was kind of like, this is probably my main takeaway from it, but he says, every action you take is a vote for the type of person mm-hmm. you wish to become. No single instance will transform your beliefs, but as the votes build up, so does the evidence mm-hmm. of your new identity. So if you think of like every action that you take, like building towards a habit that you want to do, don't think of it as like start, stop, pass, fail. Mm -hmm. Think of it as just one vote. And you want to basically just tip the scales in favor of this good habit rather than this bad habit. Mm -hmm. So every time you do it, you're just adding to the good pile. And then eventually it it builds up into this large mound. And now you have a, a, a good habit sustained over time. Um, Another one he says is, uh, you should be far more concerned with your current trajectory than your current results. Um, this is a huge part of um, sort of delayed gratification and learning to do the hard stuff first and setting up your environment so that you can kind of hold out for the long-term benefits. Um, and then the last one that I'll read is, uh, uh, he says, problem number one, this is about goals versus habits. And he says, winners and losers have the same goals. I was like, oh, dang, like, Really, what it comes down to is that the difference between people who achieve their goals and don't achieve their goals is the habits, Mm -hmm. aka the systems, to achieve that goal. Everyone wants to, I don't know, become a millionaire, uh, have a successful family, career, wake up early, be healthy, be fit. Like none of those things are bad things. Who like would say I don't want a million dollars or I don't want a um, you know amazing perfect family who all loves the Lord. Mm. We all have those goals. It's the habits and the systems yep. that get those get you That's to good. the finish line yeah. of those goals. That's good. All right, go read the book. <laughs> go read the book. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to email us at coldwnkeep.com. You can reach out through Facebook or Instagram. And then if you have any topics that you want to see us talk about in, in the near future, please reach out. Yeah. Um, other than that, also, I'll wait, jump in one last Corey. moment. Yeah. Uh, you can find Atomic Habits by going to cultivateandkeep.com slash favorites. Um, so we have yes. a curated list of all of our favorite resources, um, books, websites, other podcasts, uh, all great stuff there. You can find Atomic Habits under the Love categories. It. You don't even have to search for it, Google it, anything. The link's already there. Boom. So go find it at cultivateandkeep.com cool. slash favorites. All right. Peace. Peace. Peace.